Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, howdy, hey, cretins. <laughs> you're not doing your uh, K-Pasa Kilbasa? Oh, that's right. Man, you're supposed to say K-Pasa Kilbasa, that one. Uh, should, should we try it again? Sure. No. <laughs> I think... Um, cretins Kilbasa. I think we're both... Uh, <laughs> cretins Kilbasa. Just checking. I think, I think we're both kind of... <laughs> Kind of worn out. We we spent the uh, entire week at uh, the Craft Brewers Conference in San Francisco, which was yeah, an awesome time. Yeah, it, it is. It is fantastic. Um, you know, I think the only thing it, it can compare to is, uh, or that can compare to it is uh, the Homebrewers Conference, right? It's coming up in San Diego in yeah. June, uh, two thousand eleven. You want to get down there if if there if there are still tickets left, get yourself a ticket. Get your butt down to San Diego for that conference. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Biggest conference ever we've had. Yeah. Well, in the the Craft Brewers Conference, there's what thirty nine hundred people, thirty two hundred something. Some, like that. Yeah. It's a, that's a, quite a few people that show up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a lot of vendors. Yeah. A lot, lot of vendors that come out. Uh, yeah. The you know one thing that was handy for me being uh, you know a new brewery. Uh, is being able to go through and see all the vendors in one place and talk to them because you you check this stuff on, yeah. online. I've done a lot of research online into products, right? And it still doesn't really tell you enough about you know you can handle the products, you can talk to the the, the people there. They give you a lot of information right. and you know can discuss with you what your needs are and what you're trying to what you're trying to get out of it. Why you, why you need the product? Um, speaking of why you need a product. Blickman, Blickman Engineering. Yeah. There, there you go. Pretty There's. good, pretty good set of segue, huh? Yeah. Well, um, you know, Blickman Engineering. They make uh, fantastic products. <coughs> they sure do make fantastic products. John, what do you think about their products? I think I think they're fantastic. Um, right. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're well thought out. They're. Um, that was smooth, guys. Smooth. <laughs> Just call us a blanket because we cover you all the time. <laughs> right. Got my back on that one. Uh, yeah, no, no. They make they make fantastic products and uh, you know innovative products. That's when I think uh, Bookman, mm-hmm. I think innovation. He's yeah. always got something new that he's working on. Yeah. The guy. I mean, his brain's churning. You know, twenty four seven. And yeah. only a portion of it is is uh, non beer related. Rude jokes. I mean, non beer related or non brewing related. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's, a, he's he's a funny dude when you get to know him, um, yeah. and uh, he's a, he's a great guy. He supports uh, what you guys do as homebrewers. He really does, and uh, that's why he, he pays to have the show uh, on the air. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah, if you appreciate that, I would uh, yeah. send Mr. Blickman an email and say, hey, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You yeah. know? And if you're coming to NHC, um, check out his booth at the, at the, yeah. at the NHC. San at, Diego. Yeah. You'll see some really interesting stuff. I think he's might have some new things there for us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the great thing is you can go up and talk to him. He'll be there, and you can ask him about the products, how to best use the products. You can tell him your ideas for products. Yeah. You know, if if you just have an idea, something you want to see done, you just don't care who does it, just as long as it gets done so you can use it. Yeah. You know, go up and tell him. Just say, hey, I got this idea. I really want this thing done. Uh, you know, he's, he's a great one to talk to. Well, and, uh, you know, I was talking about that, uh, about the, uh, exhibit, uh, hall there at the CBC and, you know, I, I got a chance to speak to some of the vendors that we're using that I've only, you know, exchanged email with. And one of the booths there was the, uh, TTB, the, uh, Alcohol oh. Tax and Trade Bureau for the, uh, uh, federal government. Now, is that the same as the BATF? Do well, they change their name? It, kind of it, thing? It's changed. Who who handle it handles it has changed, and the names changed, and all that. So okay. Uh, so when new- when brewers are talking about federal, they talk about TTB. They're talking about federal licensing okay. and label approval. Mm-hmm. And then when they're talking about ABC, they're talking about alcohol beverage control in the state that 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 they're operating in. Okay. So what was really cool was, yeah, you, know, you think it's a nameless, faceless, bureaucratic, whatever, but. There was a bunch of, you know, nice guys there ready to help mm-hmm. out, and it was fantastic. I went up, you know, chatted with them, talked about my application, talked to them about, um, uh, you know, getting labels approved, things like that. Very helpful. And, uh, you know, just a great thing about going to CBC, you know, being able to talk to them in person yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, you know, put a, you know, a face to the, to the name and all that. Yeah. So uh, I really love that, that aspect of it. Yeah. And it's and it's great to be able to even as a homebrewer, I'm you know I'm predominantly a homebrewer going to these, but uh, to see all the different hop vendors, hear about new hop varieties coming mm-hmm. out, yeah, new malt varieties you, coming out. You'll go through the uh, through the uh, exhibit hall there, and you get to smell and rub uh, you know different uh, you know uh, hops. Mm-hmm. You get to smell and rub whatever you want, but you know we focused on the hops, right and. Um, you know, it's it's like yeah, it's a new variety. We're just you know, mm-hmm. uh, this is like the the first year and the tests and you know, what do you think of this? And it's yeah. kind of neat. You can say yeah, send me some samples. I want to yeah. want to try that. Yeah, I stopped by the five star booth and they were you know they had their products out, but they mm-hmm. you know it's interesting. They they also offer a lot of other products for the commercial brewer fittings and and so on. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they 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 have uh quite a broad product line actually. Uh-huh. But you know it's the kind of thing you were just you get a chance to walk the floor and just see all these things laid out. We saw plastic beer kegs, you know, right. coming out. Right. We see we saw lots of bottling systems, cleaning systems. Mm-hmm. Um there is an ozone uh cleaning system where cleans the ozone. Well, no, nice. it for 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 spraying off and sanitizing, uh-huh. it's it's uh, oxygenated water yeah. that they're ozonated ozonated water yeah, yeah that right. they spray on things and to to you know accomplish the sanitization without uh, mm-hmm. residuals uh, to right. to be cleaned off afterwards. It was really kind of neat, uh, right? And it gets in a lot of crevices and stuff. The uh, wineries use it a lot yeah. for uh, mm. sanitizing the barrels. Yeah, or not maybe not sanitizing, but you know killing everything and mm-hmm. and prepping that o- ozone's a a trippy, trippy cleaning system, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, the extra oxygen. I guess oxidizes the. 
Yeah, just it 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 burns the cell bacterial mm-hmm. cell walls mm-hmm. and uh, does the kills that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, another great thing, yeah, and I think a lot of brewers go to this thing, or a lot of industry people go to this thing because the brewery they work for, the company they work for, is paying for it, and so right. they go. And for them, it, it seems just like a a drinking adventure, uh-huh. you know, and and they don't go to a lot of the uh, the seminars and stuff, and that's that's a shame because there's a lot to be to be learned from that. Yeah. Now we did our fair share of in the evening going out and oh, enjoying yeah. ourselves. Uh, in particular, last <laughs> night we wanted to have a nice, you know, final night dinner, you know, a, a real nice place. Now John had mentioned 15 years ago he had gone to this Italian restaurant on the wharf. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I asked the concierge and found out it was called Scoma's. Mm-hmm. And it's like a family-run place. They get all, get all their own seafood in fresh and all this. And we're like, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. And the concierge says, now there's no reservations there. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking, this eh, Saturday night. <laughs> we better go soon, yeah. <laughs> right. So we cab it on down there. It's like you know, five people in a four, four-seater cab. Mm-hmm. Kind of jammed in there, and we get down there. You go in, and uh, you find out. You put our name in, yeah, Bruce Strong, right? Bruce Strong, yeah. And they said, you know, hour, hour and a half wait. And yeah. it's like, whoa, okay, well, we'll we'll just stand here and have a couple beers. But I'm, then uh, I'm thinking, hour and a half, no way. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're dying I'm here. Like, I'll tell you what, I'll come up with a hundred bucks. Somebody go bribe the host <laughs> into getting us a table. Yeah. And uh, I so, couldn't do it. Right? Yeah, we're all just like, no, I don't want to do it. So we 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 have uh, who was with us? It was uh, it was you, me, and then we had uh, Candace Moon, who's mm-hmm. uh, a, a craft beer attorney, uh, deals a lot in trademarks. She's mm-hmm. been helping us out. Uh, uh, Chris, your assistant brewer. Chris uh, Kennedy, he's our our head brewer at uh, at Heretic, and then um, Jeff uh, Griffith, who's the head brewer at uh, Golden City Brewery in, yeah. in Golden, Cal- Colorado, and. Uh, and I've known Jeff for for a few years now, and he's a great guy. But uh, we all kind of <laughs> talked him into going up and being the one to bribe the hostess. Yeah. And what, should, what should I say? I, yeah, it was like we had to instruct him on the whole thing. And he's like, he's like, I've never done anything like this before. I can't do this. And we're like, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. And, and part of what we determined it was he was the best looking of us all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. you know, uh, should, should you go? Hard, no. Uh, should decision. I go? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff's the most attractive one. Yeah. You know, that, that'll, that'll make a good impression yeah, on that'll give us a, a few more points. You know, and uh, so we're like, yeah, you go up there, you get the money, you know, and uh, so you got a priority. And so yeah. You just say, yeah, you know, I'm here with a client. Uh, uh, is it possible to, uh, you know, get on a priority seating list? You know, maybe, you know, if you if it's possible to pay like a hundred dollars on the priority seating list, and saying, but don't know. mention the money. Right, first, right. Yeah. yeah, and don't give her the money until she says yes. You know? yeah. And then, and then we're cracking up, and we're all laughing. Yeah, and, and, and he's he, like, he goes in. Well, and then he, he's, he, John says, "Well, the the reservation's under Bruce Strong," <laughs> and uh, and he says, "Bruce who?" <laughs> like <laughs> Brew Strong. He's like Bruce Wrong. Brew under what? We're like Bruce Strong. You've you've you must have heard of Bruce Strong before. <laughs> Don't you know who we are? <laughs> He's like, what? No, no idea. That's what I found. He only listens when we mention his name. So I guess he'll be listening to at least a few minutes of this show because uh, people will go and tell him, "Hey, they mentioned you." <laughs> so what, <laughs> was, what was the phrase that paid? 
Like, what did he actually say to this girl? Like, he, uh, he went in. Maybe Mr. Benjamin can find us. <laughs> no, I think he, he went said he in had and, a client. I did exactly what we were saying. Yeah, he's got a client. I'm yeah. sorry, I don't mean to be rude uh, or impro- impolite or you know, improper or anything, but I got a client. I'm here with a client. I really, you know, is there any way to get on a you know priority list for you know mm-hmm. maybe there's some way we could pay like a hundred dollars and get on priority list and. Yeah. And uh, so he goes well, in. When he, and, when he goes in, John's oh, like, man. he's standing way in the back, away from the money. <laughs> <laughs> I think he threw it at her. <laughs> you know, we're all like, what? Oh, we, we can't see, but he, yeah. we're just like freaking out. It was it was hilarious. And he comes out and he goes, that's the way it's done. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds about as awkward as prom night. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. But but within uh, twenty minutes, yeah, 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 twenty minutes tops. I mean, we waited. We stood around outside maybe another five or ten minutes, and then we went in and in order to drink while we're getting our drinks. Uh, yeah, they, they called us, and that was for a uh, uh, table for five, which was uh, uh, quite a bit more difficult, I think. Yeah, but oh, the food was fantastic. oh, it was out of this world. Yeah, it is yeah. out of the world, perfectly prepared. It was something to behold. It wasn't cheap, but uh, especially with the extra hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah, but still, it was worth it. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, I'm like, you know, I don't care about the rest of you folks. I can't wait another hour and a half. I'm just, you know, I was starving and exhausted. Yeah, I pounded down my food. I'm like, all right, let's get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that was a great night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you know, that's one of the things. You know, CBC wise, you. Uh, yeah, you get to see a lot of uh, your peers. You get to see, you know, right. hang, hang with a lot of friends. And I met a lot of guys that uh, are starting up uh, pubs and oh, yeah. uh, breweries, yeah. you know, from Canada, from Texas, from Colorado, from, you know, all and all over. I think somebody in uh, Argentina or Brazil or something like right, that. Right, right. They're just, uh, you know, so many of them. You know, a lot of new startups. That's what mm-hmm. I think impressed me the most was – you know, there's what six hundred and fifty some odd, you know, new licenses being uh, submitted yeah, or yeah, you know, this yeah. year or something. Like that. Mm-hmm. And the guy from the TTV said, "Yeah, you know, the number of licenses it's like doubling every year." Wow. You know, of course their staff and budget doesn't double right <laughs> at all or or go up, but uh, they're you know they're just being inundated with a huge number of uh, submissions there. But uh, yeah, it was really cool to talk to you know a lot of guys that are just uh, guys and and, and gals, mm-hmm. men and women that are uh, starting out with uh, new new ventures. Yeah, that's some of my friends from Mexico were there too. I saw them. Oh, huh. They're, they've they've started up a micro um, cervecia aguamala. Right, right. Very very cool. So uh, that was that was really interesting to me yeah. to, to see all that. But uh, you know, just getting a chance to hang out uh, with you and you know. Some other folks, uh, you yeah, know, especially but, the uh, other folks. Yeah, especially <laughs> <laughs> the other. Folks. Yeah, yeah. I know. I took everybody up to uh, Russian River, and uh, we did a Russian River yeah. Lagunitas stop, and nice. and did that. Um, yeah, parking in the city only cost me what one hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Just one night at the hotel. Yeah. 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 Well. All right. Let's do this. Let's take a uh, short break. When we come back, we're gonna John and I are gonna get into some of the the technical information that we picked up, uh, gleaned from this yeah. uh, CBC. Our uh, gleanings. Real, real, real interesting. Back after this. 
from the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Hi. I have a sixer of Lagunitas in the icebox. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby. I told you not to call me after 8. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? You loser. Shut up, thug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my yard? Sir, if you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you'd know that. The hurricane furnace is using propane while you guys talk. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosier to boil the first decoction. Nope, it's scorched. What do you do? Frack, scoop it out and try again. Thug, use your mass rake. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this, Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. <gasps> Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted and the collector's item super alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain or a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a Award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until right, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hello? Hey, Drew, it's Push. You want to do some lunch? Oh, I can't. I'm reading something... What? Hello? John, it's Push. One. Hey, this is John, and I'm busy reading right now, so please... What is going on? This is Sven. Hey, you busy? Yeah, I am. I'm reading Gordon's new book. From Brewers Publications and the only home brewer to win the coveted National Homebrew Competition Ninkasi Award three times comes a complete look at technical, practical, and creative homebrewing. Brewing Better Beer by Gordon Strong. What sets this book apart is its insistent focus on what's important for the home brewer. Like a great beer, it's extremely well-balanced. A mix of technical, practical, and creative advice that, if taken to heart, will make your beer a whole lot better. You'll learn Gordon's techniques and philosophy, recipes and tips to take your homebrew to the next level. Brewing Better Beer, master lessons for advanced homebrewers. Proudly available now from Brewers Publications. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right. Well, and another another great event that we're going to be at is uh, the Cleveland International Beer Fest. Yeah, that's coming up in May. I've never been because I think this is the very first one. Uh-huh. So, uh, how international is it going to be? Well, <laughs> I don't I don't know. That's a good question. But I know it's uh, billed as the largest showcase and competition of world beers in the Midwest. Oh, okay. I it's mean, going to be at the IX Center. They're they're going to have uh, they say upwards of eight hundred beers from two hundred breweries. Oh, in well, three sounds, sessions. That sounds promising. Yeah. Well, and we're going to be there May 13th, 14th. Mm-hmm. 13th, we're doing a live Brew Strong there. Okay. Uh, from the festival, from the big stage. Um, did I say Brew Strong or did I say Cage You said You said Brew Strong. Okay, yeah, good. That was good. All right. Uh, Brew Strong. Yeah, I mean, you're starting to look a little like McDole. I'm worried, <laughs> worried about you. <laughs> Go uh, I got to lose weight down. Um, Going a little gray. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to be uh, uh, from 8 to 9 p.m. We're going to do a show. We'll probably go a little long, I think. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think we're, we're, I, gonna, we're always long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I am. No, uh, no, no. Uh, we will uh, be doing that on the 13th. That's a Friday. Okay. Uh, 8 to 9, main stage. And then Saturday, they have the award ceremony, and I guess uh, um, the, we're going to be emceeing that or, or something okay. along those lines from 2 to 3.30. Okay. And then I'm hosting a uh, VIP beer experience uh, session on uh, 
on Saturday the 14th. That's going to be an hour, sometime between 7 and 11. Uh, and th- what they asked me for that was uh, if I would choose the beers that would be available in that VIP experience thing. I could oh. choose from the 200 breweries or whatever, and which beers did I want to have in there. That sounds good. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll pick all sucky beers or <laughs> you know, you'll be you'll be uh, drinking what I like to yeah, drink no, is uh I'll help you choose them. Essentially the well then, then I can just well, it's Palmer's choice. I'm no, sorry. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, that Palmer and you know, he's from Michigan. He's from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. all these Which Michigan will, beers. Yeah, that'll go over well in, in Ohio. So yeah, I I don't know. I think I think it's going to be a blast. I think I'm we're looking too. forward I'm, to. I'm, it. I'm, yeah, yeah Justin's going to be there. Uh, Moscow's coming out with us. Oh, okay. yeah, you got to bring one. Yeah, slave person along to mm-hmm. tote gear and. Yeah, I, I don't mind Justin out. being there. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Ask me if I'm going to be there. Will you be there, JP? No. Ah, uh, well, what getting better and better. <laughs> oh. oh no, I wasn't. To oh, that was cruel. <clears throat> that was cruel. John's mic is now off. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, the monkey behind the board has control, so you got to be careful what you say. And this monkey has a good arm, and he will throw things at you. Yes. <laughs> poo. Yeah. Uh, speaking of poo, don't forget, coming up after the next break, uh, it's another uh, another uh, thing I like to call uh, oh. <laughs> what what you don't know about my friend John, uh, John Palmer. So uh, look for that after the next break. Uh, so what are some of the uh, technical things that you learned uh, at the conference that, you, you know, kind of surprised you? New information, things that uh, uh, there you was, thought were unusual? There's a lot. I mean, it, in fact, a lot of people ask me, uh, they say, well, who do you brew for? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not a brewer. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, why, why did you come? It's like, well, you know, I come to learn. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, in all the talks, whether it's NHC and learning there, you know, going to those seminars or mm-hmm. here at the mm-hmm. CBC – um, you know, there's always, uh, you know, all brewers are, you know, constantly, you know, exploring and, and trying new things. And so, uh, we really heard some neat stuff. Um, I went to the, the yeast technical that you, that you hosted mm-hmm, with, uh, mm-hmm. several, several, uh, right. famous, uh, brewers. Yeah. Moderated a panel of, uh, <clears throat> uh, about yeast, which was, um, there was uh, Fal Allen from uh, Anderson Valley. Yeah. There was uh, Mitch Steele from Stone. Mm-hmm. There was uh, um, Scott Vaccaro from Captain Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is, all of those folks have done Canyon Brew. <laughs> they all yeah. make excellent beer. Yeah. And that's uh, you know one of the reasons that they're on the panel because they they know a lot about yeast because uh, that's why uh, they make excellent beer. And then Chris White was on there as well, and I was right. on the, on the panel. And uh, uh, this panel. Um, was about uh, uh, harvest and uh, storage and reuse of yeast in commercial breweries. Right. And, uh, you know, the the thing that I found uh, most interesting or most surprising, I think, was uh, Stone was saying, Mitch was saying that uh, at Stone, they determined that repitching from the IPA was their best yeast. They were getting the best viability, 95% yeah. or higher. Whereas with some of the, they thought that oh, it would be better to use one of their lower gravity, lower hop beers, right? Because uh, they were worried about you know the hop, uh, high hop levels of uh, the IPA impacting viability mm-hmm. of the yeast. And uh, but because they're brewing that so frequently, and the yeast is so fresh, and other things, I guess you and I talked about maybe it has something to do with the way that they're handling it because they crash cool 
down right. to 62 to do their dry hopping, and then they pull the hops off. Where other beers, right. they're leaving the um, – or maybe it was Chris Kennedy <laughs> we're talking. They're <laughs> leaving the, the, the yeast with the beer and, you know, just uh, over a longer period of time. Right. But they're, they're harvesting um, 30 barrels of yeast – they have a yeast break. That's thirty barrels. That's the size of your batch where we're brewing at Heretic is thirty barrels. I'm like, you know, I thought that was plenty of beer, but that's how much yeast they harvest. Yeah, and then they use that yeast for mm-hmm. all their other beers. Right. And and you know, it was interesting. I think when because he pointed out that the reason they do that is because by that being their most commonly used mm-hmm. or the you know the freshest yeast. That allows a much more consistent product across the right. board, across the brands. All these beers benefit from this mm-hmm. yeast being uh, consistent and right. high vitality. Well, and the, you know the point being, um, when you harvest yeast, uh, you're going to have uh, some bitterness in it. And the higher the bittering in the beer, the higher the bittering in that in yeast is going to carry over to your next beer. Mm-hmm. Same thing for color and things like that. But as long as it's consistent then you can adjust for it in your recipe. And right. you can say, okay, well, let's back off the bittering uh, an IBU or two to, to make it all fall into spec because we're using this yeast. Mm-hmm. And if you select different yeasts or different beers to harvest from, uh, and then the beer that you're harvesting from is changing, you're going right. to have a harder time hitting a, a, a standard. So you, know, you may find out, oh, I'm harvesting from this beer now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, this this one seems a little too bitter or not bitter enough or the color has changed slightly. Uh, Fal Allen from Manus Valley, he was saying that they harvest uh, from their um, Boone Amber. Their Boone Amber. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll brew it on a Wednesday and they'll harvest it. And then, um, you know, they will use that for about a week to pitch all the other brews. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, you know, again, once a week they're brewing Boone Amber and that's what their source of their yeast is for all their beers. Yeah. Whereas Captain Lawrence, he's not able to do that, and um, you know his his uh, uh, you know schedule might might force him to change different beers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was saying, yeah, it's 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 not the ideal way to do it. Same thing with uh, it wasn't completely harvesting and measuring and all that. It, he was having to go cone to cone, and oh, yeah. that was a little trickier. That's a little more uh, you know on the uh, on the pro brewer side, but. I, th- I thought it was really interesting on uh, what how they decided what beer to uh, harvest their yeast from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, another topic was um, improving efficiency mm-hmm. in the small mm-hmm. brewery, and uh, that was that was really interesting. Um, Van uh, Havig from Rock Bottom, or formerly Rock Bottom, mm-hmm. uh, did, did a presentation, and um, it it was interesting from the standpoint that. Rock Bottom, of course, has a number of different uh, breweries around the country, and they all, but they're all all kind of independent when it comes to the actual brewing of their beers. So, uh, but what they do is they compare their efficiencies, um, you know, calculating out their uh, extract yield uh, per per barrel, and what they determined was that eighty two percent was kind of like their their bottom mean end. Uh, for efficiency, and uh, the some of the more more efficient uh, ones got up around eighty nine percent. And when you know when they're using that much grain and so on every week, you know the difference in efficiency like that is you know economically important. Um, so they they did a study asking the brewers to put down the factors that they you know 
they considered that had an impact on on their efficiency. Um, various things like um, oh, um, temperature, source water, yeast, and, and uh, um, pH, um, and grist. You know the coarseness of their grist. Mm. And um, while they had they identified. You know, a lot of a lot of factors were just in the noise. You know, mm-hmm. um, br- local environmental conditions and so on. They did determine that pH was a significant factor. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you know, correcting the pH in the mash could mean you know a one percent gain in efficiency mm-hmm. and or actually an extract yield. Um, but he said that the the biggest one was the coarseness of the grind. Mm-hmm. And actually, coarser was better. Hmm. That by going to a is a really coarse grist, um, their extract yield actually went up because they were getting uh, a more efficient lauder. Mm-hmm. the The grain bed permeability was um, better. Um, they got they didn't have the the compaction, the channeling in the grain bed um, due to you know too tight a grain bed, the one that mm-hmm. would compact when mm-hmm. they started the lauder. And uh, they discovered that uh, you know slowing down the water from you know from say sure. sixty to ninety minutes to ninety to one hundred and twenty minutes uh, would make a big increase. Yeah, that's and, what I've always said. Just slow down, and you're yeah, probably fine. <laughs> yeah, and then the other was the factor is the uh, how coarse the grist was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he had had some neat slides on uh, uh, sieves. You know how measuring. The mm-hmm. uh, fractions of the right. different sea sizes, right. um, where you make that, that, and you can buy those. They sell them. Uh, I even think they sell Master Car. Master Car, yeah. yeah. And it the tells you number fourteen sieve was. Mm-hmm. He said, if you if you if you're you know a, a, a brewer, small brewer, and just sieve using the fourteen pan only, mm-hmm. and if you've got around seventy percent retained by that that number fourteen sieve, that's uh, a good grist um, grind to mm-hmm. use. Uh, well, usually you need to also size it with the next one up to make sure it isn't too big. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right, but um, but he said that you know, but that was a that was a real good rough cutoff mm-hmm. for uh, that that correlated with their with right. their findings. Right. So yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense to me because I know I've when I've had. Mm-hmm. Issues with you know extraction, so it's been when I've been trying to really grind it fine, get uh, a lot of flour in there. Yeah, I go with a real coarse. I just crack it. You yeah, know, I, don't, I don't. It's they almost look whole, you know. But you you wiggle in your fingers, and then the husk falls off, and you got little particles, you know, mm-hmm. in there. So uh, just just cracking it. Well, and there was also one on uh, on cleaning, right? Uh, what what yeah. would you uh, pick up on that one? Yeah, uh, Larry Chase uh, talked about keeping it clean um and you know his take homes from that were uh you know be methodical create a checklist you know clean methodically clean consistently and then you know as you you know see and troubleshoot issues in your brewery you can work from a consistent base uh that way when you make a change you know that you've uh you're not changing other factors at the same time Mm -hmm. and uh that everybody seemed to have, you know take away uh, uh, some good cleaning practices from that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's do this. Let's take a uh, short break, and when we come back, we'll uh, hear more about uh, what we learned at CBC. Cool.
back after this. I love beer. I'm a brewer. I brew it. I drink it. It's in my blood, really. I'm that guy that pours malt extract on his pancakes. I wish I could just put a good brew in my pocket and take it with me. Now you can. Hey, brewers and beer lovers. Why not eat the energy bar invented by a home brewer using the same ingredients in your brew? Introducing Brew Bar Energy Bars, spelled B-R-U-B-A-R. Malt, oats, vanilla, nuts, cinnamon, coconut. You've put them in your beer, and you'll find them in your Brew Bar Energy Bar. All natural, made with simple ingredients chosen for the highest quality. They're new, different, and have a rich malty flavor and smooth, moist texture, just like a fine craft brew. You can find Brew Bar Energy Bars at BrewBar.com or find a retailer near you. And if you are a retailer, you should contact them and find out how you can sell Brew Bar Energy Bars. Check them out at BrewBar.com. That's B-R-U-B-A-R.com. And follow them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BrewBar. Remember, it's in your Brew Bar Energy Bar because it's in your brew. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, mother... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. I've always thought that opening a brewery was a great way to ruin what is the perfect hobby. But like most homebrewers, I really wanted to see what it would be like to produce my own beer commercially. When I started out, I was, you know, obscure homebrew geek. And being part of the Brewing Network has exposed me to a lot of people with a great passion for brewing. They seem so supportive, interested, and generous with their support. That kind of thing makes you feel like you can succeed at anything. Of course I'm excited. It's frightening. It's terrifying. It's kind of, uh, we've got this rescue dog, and she is completely frightened. So when she comes up to me, she's shaking and salivating at the same time. I feel the same way with Heretic. I'm still a homebrewer at heart, and I hope that homebrewers always feel welcome at Heretic and able to provide part of the feedback and creativity that makes craft brewing great. The thing that excites me most is the opportunity to 
put a beer out there that I feel is the best beer I can make and especially get a chance to go and drink that beer with people and see their reactions and get their feedback and hopefully they'll be as excited as I am about Heritage Beer. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. This is www.thebrewingnetwork.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right. So a little thing I like to call what you don't know about my friend John Palmer. <laughs> His idea of a wild night includes a slide rule. <laughs> little thing you don't know about my friend John Palmer. All right. So we were at the CBC and uh, enjoying the, uh, the information there. Now, uh, there were several uh, sessions about hops. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a lot, right. A lot about hops. Yeah. And uh, what, what were a couple of those that uh, interested you that you, you found uh, fascinating? Well, uh, the first one was uh, just kind of the versatility of American hop varieties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's – to the rest of the world, you know, they're starting to use American hops. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of countries copy American pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're trying to use more noble hops. I mean, you look at, you know, uh, Sam right, Adams, right. or, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to, you're, you're hearing they're, you know, they're great and yeah, they're, they're better. They're noble, right. et cetera. Well, it, so what we, what they did was it's they. It's like noble cars. Yeah. They only went 20 miles an hour and, uh, <laughs> you know, had no seatbelts. Yeah. And but, yeah, let's ignore the, uh. The uh, rocket-powered cars we have today. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right. So but so they they brought out um, paired beers. You know, same mm-hmm. recipe, just different hop right. varieties. And um, what was well, and and the the main comparison was like a noble hop such as Hallertau Middlefru mm-hmm. with an American cultivar or an American clone of that such mm-hmm. as Crystal mm-hmm. um, or Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. And so it it was neat to taste. You know, the subtle difference mm-hmm. in. Uh, in the beer, just that hop variety made, mm-hmm. and it was it was really interesting to see how close um, Crystal was to Hollow Tummy. Now, did fruit. they tell everybody it was Crystal? Yeah, they did um, uh, ahead of tasting it. Well, yeah, they did. They said, see, I, "I'd rather they didn't." I, yeah, I'd they rather. they passed out the cups and said, "Okay, here's here's the European hop, here's the American hop." Mm-hmm. You know, so, and you could you know taste them side by side. So on. it right. was just 
But I, I'd be interested in just a blind tasting. Mm-hmm. You know, which which hop do you like better? Yeah. So they they did that with the um, or which one's the noble hop? You know. Oh, I bet yeah. you, you get some interesting results. Yeah. Well, in fact, one, at one point, um, they the Sierra Nevada beer, beers are going around, and they ask him, you know, so which one's which? Tom Tom Nielsen from Sierra Nevada, and he go, he took a sniff of it, and he goes, "Okay, this is the crystal." I think. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah. Was, uh-huh. uh, there was uh, Sierra Nevada, Moonlight, and um, Nuclearis mm-hmm. all served beers for that with the, this comparison. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really interesting. Very cool. To talk about. The, the other one, uh, hop, hop uh, talk was uh, on hop maturity. Mm-hmm. And kind of the takeaway from that is um, they had a, a talk about the the uh, formulation or, you know, the, the of the hop oil, mm. kind of a discussion of what constitutes the hop oil. Mm-hmm. There's like 400 separate chemical compounds that have been identified so far in hop oil. I mean, it's it's a very diverse substance. So uh, from there, they explain that the longer you leave the hops on the vine, the more oil, the more weight percent of oil develops in the hop. Mm-hmm. And there's and they were showing like the increase in hop oil uh, given days prior to nominal picking and after nominal picking uh, mm-hmm. time, and that day is kind of arbitrary. It depends on the grower, um, but it's kind of a balance in the grower's mind between the uh, dryness of the hop cone, the, you know, the friability of the hop cone, mm-hmm. and its and its tendency to shatter. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you you wait till you start uh, developing some oil and aroma in the hop, and you feel the cones if it's the right papery consistency. Mm-hmm. And then you pick it. If you wait longer for that oil to you know to build up, the hop cone is going to be start shattering, and they won't be able to effectively pick it. They'll just end up with a bunch of loose you know leaves or petals mm-hmm. in the bottom of the picker. Um, but the other thing, just interesting thing was. And they they did a study of uh, of uh, Cascade and Willamette, each from three different farms, you know, located around the Willamette Valley, and they determined that uh, not only does the hop oil content increase with you know days on the vine, mm-hmm. but also the character of the hop oil shifts during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So it may have been a little stronger in the floral, you know, to start with and may end up a little stronger in the fruity to, you know, mm. towards the end of that. Although don't take me, uh, you know, right. florally. The, I mean, the, the that's point, just, point being it, the, the character is changing. Yeah. Uh-huh. They don't have enough data points at this point to say how it shifts right. or even if it's maybe consistent within a hop variety. Mm-hmm. It may depend on, on location and may depend on a particular farm where that hop mm-hmm. was grown as mm-hmm. to what, character comes out with right. time they're but, still in the early stages of figuring this out yeah yeah right. and all this data was coming from a lot of different growers and a lot of different brewers mm-hmm. um they also talked about you know how different hop varieties are perceived by brewers mm-hmm. um in terms of what their dominant character was and what they what brewers felt their the dominant use was in their brewery so right. it was very interesting uh, mm-hmm. A lot of turnout for that one. Well, and there was a lot of stuff about uh, sour beers. There was a lot of sour beers yeah. to try, yeah. and uh, you know, barrel aged and stuff like that. And and uh, Vinny was uh, holding the panel on uh, on uh, barrel aged beers or you know, intentionally soured uh, beers, spontaneously fermented, or right. And and uh, 
What was interesting about that? What what would you take away from that? Well, that one, um, he had two um, Belgian uh, brewers on the panel um, from Cantillon and, darn, I remember, I've forgotten exactly which the other brewery was. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they they really praised the American craft brewer movement mm-hmm. for keeping Cantillon and the other, some of the other, you know, key Belgian breweries alive. I mean, mm-hmm. they say, you know, their demand is increasing. Part of it's due to the resurgence in sour beer here in mm-hmm. the States. Um, also, well, it's interesting, you know, the uh, one thing uh, the brewer from Cantillon uh, mentioned, he said, you know, they're like 20,000 square feet and they only produce out of that 1,500 barrels annually. Uh, yeah. You know, it's very space and labor intensive to make these beers, you know, mm-hmm. these uh, spontaneously fermented beers. But, you know, what I took away from that is like, well, someday if Heretic has enough money to do it, and we're, we're buying the, the, the property, putting it in the cool ship, and we're doing you yeah. know, some spontaneous fer- fer- fermented beers. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, you know, to keep that process alive, it, it's just fascinating. Yeah. It was... Um Oh, I'm trying to think about some of the other high points. Um, you mentioned that uh, um, several, I mean, you know, the economics of brewing is caught up with a lot of uh, Belgian brewers where mm-hmm. sours are being produced by just the addition of lactic acid to a beer. Right, right. And, you know, they, they encourage, you know, they, they thank, you know, the mm-hmm. the craft beer scene for keeping the right. traditional process alive. And That's and like microwaving a steak. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it yeah. just doesn't taste right. Right. You know, you can do it. It's cooked, but... You know, it's it's, right. it's just wrong. And uh, one of the other things he was mentioning how his father had had to kind of give in and start uh, adding sweeteners to the beers for a number oh, yeah. of years. And they were just because of the marketplace. They were in order to survive. They had to they had to do that up until like 1978, right? When they were finally, you know, back to being able to do just sours, and they were so thrilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to do that, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was it was a neat talk. You know, interesting to hear about uh, how they how they view, viewed their craft. Mm-hmm. Well, in their process, one uh, key thing that they kept repeating was your your fermentation or your conditioning should never exceed sixty eight degrees Fahrenheit twenty C. If you know, it was like, oh, you're making bad beer if you do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it was. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting, mm-hmm. and you know, I generally keep mine around sixty-five when I'm doing something along those lines. Right. And uh, just recently, I pushed one to seventy, mm-hmm. and it still turned out okay. But uh, you know, yeah, they were. I'm, I'm a little more wary of of going higher temperatures since they seem so so adamant about it. Yeah, and I can I can believe that makes makes quite a difference. Yeah, they were they were. He said because they because it is a spontaneous natural fermentation. I mean, it's they had to be aware of when it got too cold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it shut down their fermentation for right, a time. Right, they only brew during the winter. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, so when it got below twenty C or sixty eight, and mm-hmm. or what was it below that, or if it got above, then they weren't weren't mm-hmm. brewing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great talk though. Yeah, it was. Uh, fascinating. Well, another great talk was uh, our good friend uh, Charlie Bamforth. Oh uh, yeah, Doctor Bamforth from uh, UC Davis. Yeah, he's always entertaining. I mean, he, he just—it doesn't matter what he's going to talk about. Just go and listen to him if yeah. you get a chance. Energetic, and, and you will—you yeah. will laugh and you will be fascinated. Yeah, uh, every time he talked about advances in brewing science, mm-hmm. and 
interesting. He says, you know, and, you know, beer has been brewed predominantly the same way, thousand years. He said, mm-hmm. if you go back mm-hmm. to medieval ages, you will recognize what they're doing. Yeah, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, advances in in enzymes, advances in packaging, mm-hmm. some of the flavor products, flavorings, things like yeah. that. Yeah, things yeah. One of the experiments that they had done was to essentially make a beer out of, um, you know, like vodka and then they, you know, additives, additives and all this stuff. And, and then they served it to students and some of them thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I guess his point there, he, he was talking about, uh, um, how, you know, there's a brewery in uh, New Zealand that is doing a continuous fermentation. Right. And how that, for most breweries, that doesn't work. We're still a batch process because we're not making the same beer all the time. But mm-hmm. what if you could make the same beer all the time and it's all just one, like, base beer that you then add, you know, Flavors flavorings too. and hop extracts and things like that to make all your different product lines. Mm-hmm. and Or, you know, take that one step further. The way that they make things like, you know, wine coolers, all these alternative, right, uh, right. you know, uh, flavored drinks. I love you, those. They essentially, uh, you know, brew a base beer that's, you know, f- pretty flavorless with yeah. like one hop cone in it, so they can call it beer. And then they filter everything out. They, you know, they strip out all the color and flavor. Mm-hmm. And then they flavor it back yeah and well you could do that and then you could also make your regular beers from it and you make all this different stuff and that's not what he's you know encouraging people to do yeah but he's just saying it you know it really looks like you know somebody's going to start doing that yeah you know pretty pretty soon here and well his other big talking point about that was that because beer is today's beer traditional beer is made the way it is it's a mm-hmm. batch process mm-hmm. It's made. It imparts a certain flavor. It does, and he says a certain character. And if, if these people that are trying to, you know, make beer with these uh, new methods, with mm-hmm. you know, adding flavors, adding, um, you know, different extracts and so on. He said, well, "You're not making traditional beer. You're making mm-hmm. a new beverage. And if you want to make a new beverage that way, mm-hmm. it'll work. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get market acceptance right. because that will taste like that." Right. It's not going to taste like traditional yeah, beer. He, 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 one of the examples, he said, you can't take Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and start making it this way and still have Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It'd be different. Yeah. You know, as close as you can come. He says the technology is getting closer and closer to, to doing something like this. Uh, and but the, the the I think the most telling comment and the one that really hit home with me is you know a beer doesn't taste right. You know needs you know. A beer that tastes right in your mouth—that's one thing. But you know, a beer needs to taste right in your heart and in your mind. Yeah, you know, yeah. I guess that's a Fritz Maytag thing. You know, it, it needs to taste right in those aspects as well, and it, it's important how it was made. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fritz was always—he uh, was always telling a story about. Um, you know, if he was to have a two wines, you went he went to dinner at your house. You offered him two different wines. Both of them scored the same. Uh, but one was made in you know a factory with you know Germans and stainless steel and all the technology, and the other was made by your grandfather on his farm up in the hills, and you know right, he, he right. made it the way that his grandfather made it. Um, you know, which would you drink? He said, I'd drink the the one you know with the story and the and the history behind it, and the way that it's made. That it's going to taste so much better. Yeah, because of that, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah, you know, it's a big part of it. You mm-hmm. know, no matter how much advances occur in brewing, 
um, you know, how it's done. I, I mean, if you look at the Cantillon thing and, you know, the sour beers, you look at, you know, these advances there, you know, uh, at Cantillon, I think they were very proud to be going back to the way, you yeah. know, they, they removed some of the more modern changes that were preserving um, some of the wort. They weren't, you know, they had stopped filling them all the way up because oh, yeah. they'd lose a certain percentage of beer that way. Right. But it exposed more to the oxygen. Changed the character. Changed the, the character. There was more acetic character to it and things like that, and the pellicle would break. And so uh, they went back to filling them all the way to the top with something his grandfather had done, but I guess his father had stopped doing or something right. like that. Right, trying to save, trying to save right. as much beer as possible. Well, and trying to, you know, save the business, you know, right. back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... You know, sometimes the older way of doing things is is better. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's worth embracing the new way or, the, you know, the new hops or, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, Banforth always leaves me thinking. Yeah, definitely. He, he told a funny story, too. I mean, he always tells funny stories during his talks, but he was talking about a friend of his. Uh, chemical engineer, right, right, <laughs> you know his friend saying, "You know, you're you're doing this wrong." And he's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, when you make beer, what do you you, know, you make the malt? What do you do? You add water, okay. right?" He's like, "Yeah, this is stupid. The whole yeah. process is stupid. Yeah. So you're idiots." Yeah, you add water, then you dry out the water. Well, he's like, "Yeah, you, what, what what happens with the malt?" He goes, "Well, you know, what's the first thing you do? Well, dry the malt. You know, uh-huh. why do you dry it? Well, you know, and then." It's like, you know, what do you do with it uh, after that? It's like, well, add water to it. <laughs> then, you know, drain it out. Add water to it, you know, a couple of times. Uh-huh. It's like, and then what do you do? You dry it. And then what do you do? You grind it up and add water to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you boil it. And then you boil it. Yeah. Take the water out. Yeah. And what are you doing during the boil? Uh, taking some of the water out. <laughs> 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 yeah. I thought that was... That was hilarious. Yeah, and it, it, just just a fantastic time. If you ever get a, again, if you ever have a chance to to hear uh, Doctor Banforth speak, and he he comes on the Brewing Network uh, yeah. a number of times. He's been on, on Brew Strong a number of times. Just just a, a wonderful person in general, yeah. and uh, just just a fun guy to to be around and listen to. You, know, you learn a lot from folks like that. So that was that was one of the great things about CBC. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people like that. Maybe not right. quite as. Uh, uh, colorful or not colorful and, and and interesting and wonderful as Dr. Banforth, but you know, in their own right, yeah, just just uh, downright interesting yeah. and, and uh, uh, wonderful to talk to from from the smallest to the biggest brewer. They're they're all there at the CBC, so I had a good had a good time. All right, let's take uh, our last break, and uh, we'll come back with any questions you might have in the chat, and wrap this up. Back after this. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. 
Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. In April, more beer keeps slashing prices. In February, they lowered the price on ingredients. In March, they dropped their equipment prices. And now for April, they're cutting prices on their awesome beer ingredient kits. Lower prices on the award-winning kits you've come to love, like Pliny the Elder. Stock up for summer. More than 20 kits are on sale now. All as part of their commitment to bringing you the best value in homebrewing with low prices and free shipping over 59 bucks. And on April 15th, stay tuned for the release of a new More Beer Signature Series kit. Yep, 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 yep. Tasty McDole's famous Janet's Brown Ale. They're proud to donate $1 from each kit sold to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Cancer Foundation. Get more than ever this month from your brewing budget at morebeer.com. Since 1921, Munton's has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? What did he say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farm within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy said. Last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an infant's home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria. Mundins <laughs> is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language. Ask for Munton's malt and malt extract at your local home brew shop. Munton's for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Munton's. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition, and to my work I'm Jamel Zanishef too. Yes. So uh, we are the uh, 
The guys that make uh, wine guys look like, or other guys look like wine guys, or something uh, yeah, about testicles. Made, I don't know. We put the wine in testicles. Sorry about yeah, that. I was trying to put reply. the testicles in the wine. Yeah. I was trying to apply to a, uh, a PM, and apparently <laughs> wrong buttons. I'm yes. just typing. That's all I was doing. Typing. Yeah, hot well, keys, man. Hot keys. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. All right. So speaking of testicles in the wine, uh, fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so essential we can't mention on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type Jamal, J-A-M-I-L, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com. All right, so uh, we're uh, wrapping up our show about uh, the what we learned at the CBC, which we, mm-hmm. you know, we learned so much that we we thought it would uh, be nice to share that information with the uh, the crowd that they didn't get a chance to go there. They sold out. Uh, next yeah. year is going to be in San Diego in 2012. I think wow. it's around May second through fifth. I think it said. Something like that. Hmm, okay. In uh, in San Diego, 2012. So if you get a chance, and you're um, uh, you know you're a brewer or thinking of opening a brewery, or you uh, you supply uh, uh, products or services to the brewing industry, uh, you know definitely check it out. Or you're a beer wholesaler, or, you mm-hmm. know, or you want to get involved in that in that line yeah. of work. I, I met a lot of people. Uh, you know, one guy we chatted uh, a fair amount. Uh, he's up in Canada. He's an attorney for the government and He's like, yeah, I'm just waiting until they, they, you know, have Outs, have down. cuts, downsizing, and then yeah. I'm off to open my brewery. Yeah. <laughs> she said, in the meantime, I'm going to all these, uh, you know, all these trade shows and you know conferences and learning and building up his information for the day when when he gets to. Yeah. And even if he never does, I tell you, it's you know, it's entertaining, it's enjoyable, it's mm-hmm. you know, a great way to to live out your great interests. Great networking. So, yeah. 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 You meet a lot of a lot of great people there. Not John and I, but other people that are really yeah, great. Other people. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. We got any questions from the chat, JP? We uh, not about CBC. There's a lot of Q and A interest. Okay, which well, is our next show? Yeah, we got a live Q and A show yeah. coming up, and uh, we'll take any of your brewing uh, related or beer related questions, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Well, actually, you know, here, here uh, here's one. Um, are there any resources available to listen to the Craft Brewers Conference seminars? Uh, yeah, I don't think so, but um, they sure. they did record all of the sessions. They had a uh-huh. company come in and do that, and they have all the powerpoints and all that. I think it's only available to those who attended, though. I don't know uh, if they sell well, that separately. They, they do. All Star All Star Media uh, sells them, and I was able to download uh, buy episodes and download last year's talks. Ah, so okay. um, yeah, if you go to allstarmedia.com, dot com. Um, they have uh, previous years of the CBC mm-hmm. available for download or on CD. Oh, cool! And they will—I believe—they'll have the same for this. Right? Does that include the uh, powerpoints and everything? Or no, it's just the audio. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this year's conference, all conference attendees get a copy of the audio files. Right, as part of their conference fee. Yeah, that's fantastic. Then they yeah. might uh, maybe they'll carry that forward in the future too. I think that's mm-hmm. great because you can't make every topic. 
And some of them you really want you're you're kind of conflicted as to which one to go to. Right. right. So uh, having access to that is is really great. Okay. Are you? Good question. Well, another fine Bruce Strong episode. Bruce Strong. Yeah, and uh, you know, coming up next is uh, the live Q and A session. We will uh, take your questions and uh, answer them. (laughs) Fancy that. Uh, don't forget to check out our our sponsor, Blickman Engineering, BlickmanEngineering.com. They make uh, innovative products for brewing that uh, I bet you, you would find fascinating and useful in your brewery as well. You will. All right. And uh, keep this in mind. Uh, I'm no stranger to hard work. I've seen it done a couple of times. <laughs> Bruce Strong. Bruce Strange, everybody. 